Section 59 of the Book of Household Management. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Leanne Howlett. The Book of Household Management by Isabella Beaton. Recipes. Chapter 27. Part 1. Very good puff paste. 1205. Ingredients. To every pound of flour, allow one pound of butter, and not quite one half pint of water. Mode. Carefully weigh the flour and butter, and have the exact proportion. Squeeze the butter well, to extract the water from it, and afterwards wring it in a clean cloth, that no moisture may remain. Sift the flour, see that it is perfectly dry, and proceed in the following manner to make the paste, using a very clean pasteboard and rolling pin. Supposing the quantity to be one pound of flour, work the whole into a smooth paste, with not quite one half pint of water, using a knife to mix it with. The proportion of this latter ingredient must be regulated by the discretion of the cook. If too much be added, the paste, when baked, will be tough. Roll it out until it is of an equal thickness of about an inch. Break four ounces of the butter into small pieces. Place these on the paste, sift over it a little flour, fold it over, roll out again, and put another four ounces of butter. Repeat the rolling and buttering until the paste has been rolled out four times, or equal quantities of flour and butter have been used. Do not omit, every time the paste is rolled out, to dredge a little flour over that and the rolling pin, to prevent both from sticking. Handle the paste as lightly as possible, and do not press heavily upon it with the rolling pin. The next thing to be considered is the oven, as the baking of pastry requires particular attention. Do not put it into the oven until it is sufficiently hot to raise the paste, for the best prepared paste, if not properly baked, will be good for nothing. Brushing the paste as often as rolled out, and the pieces of butter placed thereon, with the white of an egg, assist it to rise in leaves or flakes. As this is the great beauty of puff paste, it is as well to try this method. Average cost, one shilling, four pence per pound. Butter. About the second century of the Christian era, butter was placed by Galen amongst the useful medical agents, and about a century before him Dioscorides mentioned that he had noticed that fresh butter made of ewes and goat's milk was served at meals instead of oil, and that it took the place of fat in making pastry. Thus we have undoubted authority that eighteen hundred years ago there existed a knowledge of the useful qualities of butter. The Romans seem to have set about making it much as we do. For Pliny tells us, butter is made from milk, and the use of this element, so much sought after by barbarous nations, distinguish the rich from the common people. It is obtained principally from cow's milk, that from ewes is the fattest. Goats also supply some. It is produced by agitating the milk in long vessels with narrow openings. A little water is added. Medium Puff Paste 1206 Ingredients to every pound of flour allow eight ounces of butter, four ounces of lard, not quite one-half pint of water. Mode. This paste may be used by the directions in the preceding recipe, only using less butter and substituting lard for a portion of it. 
Mix the flour to a smooth paste with not quite one half pint of water, then roll it out three times, the first time covering the paste with butter, the second with lard, and the third with butter. Keep the rolling pin and paste slightly dredged with flour to prevent them from sticking, and it will be ready for use. Average cost, one shilling per pound. Butter and haste. In his History of Food, Sawyer says that to obtain butter instantly, it is only necessary in summer to put new milk into a bottle, some hours after it has been taken from the cow, and shake it briskly. The clots which are thus formed should be thrown into a sieve, washed and pressed together, and they constitute the finest and most delicate butter that can possibly be made. Common Paste for Family Pies 1207 Ingredients 1 and 1 quarter pound of flour 1 half pound of butter rather more than one half pint of water. Mode. Rub the butter lightly into the flour and mix it to a smooth paste with the water. Roll it out two or three times and it will be ready for use. This paste may be converted into an excellent short crust for sweet tart by adding to the flour, after the butter is rubbed in, two tablespoonfuls of fine sifted sugar. Average cost, eight pence per pound. To keep butter fresh, one of the best means to preserve butter fresh is, first, to completely press out all the buttermilk, then to keep it under water, renewing the water frequently, and to remove it from the influence of heat and air by wrapping it in a wet cloth. French Puff Paste, or Feuilletage, founded on Monsieur Uday's recipe. 1208. Ingredients. Equal quantities of flour and butter, say one pound of each one half salt spoonful of salt, the yolks of two eggs, rather more than one-fourth pint of water. Mode. Weigh the flour, ascertain that it is perfectly dry and sift it. Squeeze all the water from the butter and wring it in a clean cloth till there is no moisture remaining. Put the flour on the pasteboard, work lightly into it two ounces of the butter, and then make a hole in the center. Into this well, put the yolks of two eggs, the salt, and about one-fourth pint of water. The quantity of this latter ingredient must be regulated by the cook, as it is impossible to give the exact proportion of it. Knead up the paste quickly and lightly, and when quite smooth, roll it out square to the thickness of about one-half inch. Presuming that the butter is perfectly free from moisture and as cool as possible, roll it into a ball and place this ball of butter on the paste. Fold the paste over the butter all round and secure it by wrapping it well all over. Flatten the paste by rolling it lightly with the rolling pin until it is quite thin, but not thin enough to allow the butter to break through, and keep the board and paste dredged lightly with flour during the process of making it. This rolling gives it the first turn. Now fold the paste in three and roll out again, and, should the weather be very warm, put it in a cold place on the ground to cool between the several turns for unless this is particularly attended to, the paste will be spoiled. Roll out the paste again twice, put it by to cool, then roll it out twice more, which will make six turnings in all. Now fold the paste in two, and it will be ready for use. If properly baked and well made, this crust will be delicious and should rise in the oven about five or six inches. The paste should be made rather firm in the first instance, as the ball of butter is liable to break through. Great attention must also be paid to keeping the butter very cool, as, if this is in a liquid and soft state, 
the paste will not answer at all. Should the cook be dexterous enough to succeed in making this, the paste will have a much better appearance than that made by the process of dividing the butter into four parts, and placing it over the rolled-out paste. But, until experience has been acquired, we recommend puff paste made by recipe number 1205. The above paste is used for vols avant, small articles of pastry, and in fact, everything that requires very light crust. Average cost is one shilling, six pence per pound. What to do with rancid butter? When butter has become very rancid, it should be melted several times by a moderate heat, with or without the addition of water, and as soon as it has been well kneaded, after the cooling, in order to extract any water it may have retained, it should be put into brown freestone pots, sheltered from the contact of the air. The French often add to it, after it has been melted, a piece of toasted bread, which helps to destroy the tendency of the batter to rancidity. Sawyer's Recipe for Puff Paste, 1209. Ingredients. To every pound of flour allow the yolk of one egg, the juice of one lemon, one half salt spoonful of salt, cold water, one pound of fresh butter. Mode. Put the flour onto the pasteboard. Make a hole in the center into which put the yolk of the egg, the lemon juice, and salt. Mix the whole with cold water, this should be iced in summer if convenient, into a soft, flexible paste with the right hand and handle it as little as possible. Then squeeze all the buttermilk from the butter, wring it in a cloth, and roll out the paste. Place the butter on this and fold the edges of the paste over so as to hide it. Roll it out again to the thickness of one-fourth inch. Fold over one-third, over which again pass the rolling pin, then fold over the other third, thus forming a square. Place it with the ends, top and bottom before you, shaking a little flour both under and over, and repeat the rolls and turn twice again as before. Flour a baking sheet, put the paste on this, and let it remain on ice or in some cool place for one half hour. Then roll twice more, turning it as before. Place it again upon the ice for one quarter hour. Give it two more rolls making seven in all, and it is ready for use when required. Average cost, one shilling, six pence per pound. Very good short crust for fruit tarts. 1210. Ingredients. To every pound of flour, allow three-fourths pound of butter, one tablespoonful of sifted sugar, one-third pint of water. Mode. Rub the butter into the flour, after having ascertained that the latter is perfectly dry. Add the sugar and mix the whole into a stiff paste with about one-third pint of water. Roll it out two or three times, folding the paste over each time, and it will be ready for use. Average cost, one shilling, one pence per pound. Another good short crust. 1211. Ingredients. To every pound of flour, allow eight ounces of butter, the yolks of two eggs, two ounces of sifted sugar, about one-fourth pint of milk. Mode. Rub the butter into the flour, add the sugar, and mix the whole as lightly as possible to a smooth paste, with the yolks of eggs well beaten and the milk. The proportion of the latter ingredient must be judged of by the size of the eggs. If these are large, so much will not be required, and more if the eggs are smaller. Average cost, one shilling per pound. Sugar and beetroot. There are two sorts of beet, white and red. 
Occasionally, in the South, a yellow variety is met with. Beetroot contains 20 parts sugar. Everybody knows that the beet has competed with the sugar cane, and a great part of the French sugar is manufactured from beet. Beetroot has a refreshing, composing, and slightly purgative quality. The young leaves, when cooked, are a substitute for spinach. They are also useful for mixing with sorrel, to lessen its acidity. The large ribs of the leaves are serviceable in various culinary preparations. The root also may be prepared in several ways, but its most general use is in salad. Some writers upon the subject have expressed their opinion that beetroot is easily digested, but those who have taken pains to carefully analyze its qualities make quite a contrary statement. Youth, of course, can digest it, but to persons of a certain age, beet is very indigestible, or rather, it does not digest at all. It is not the sugary pulp which is indigestible, but its fibrous network that resists the action of the gastric organs. Thus, when the root is reduced to a puree, almost any person may eat it. French Sugar It had long been thought that tropical heat was not necessary to form sugar, and about 1740 it was discovered that many plants of the temperate zone, and amongst others the beet, contained it. Towards the beginning of the 19th century, circumstances having, in France, made sugar scarce and consequently dear, the government caused inquiries to be instituted as to the possibility of finding a substitute for it. Accordingly, it was ascertained that sugar exists in the whole vegetable kingdom, that it is to be found in the grape, chestnut, potato, but that, far above all, the beet contains it in a large proportion. Thus the beet became an object of the most careful culture, and many experiments went to prove that in this respect the old world was independent of the new. Many manufactories came into existence in all parts of France, and the making of sugar became naturalized in that country. Common Short Crust 1212 Ingredients To every pound of flour allow two ounces of sifted sugar, three ounces of butter, about one-half pint of boiling milk. Mode Crumble the butter into the flour as finely as possible, add the sugar, and work the whole up to a smooth paste with the boiling milk. Roll it out thin and bake in a moderate oven. Average cost, six pence per pound. Qualities of sugar. Sugars obtained from various plants are in fact of the same nature and have no intrinsic difference when they have become equally purified by the same processes. Taste, crystallization, color, weight are absolutely identical and the most accurate observer cannot distinguish the one from the other. Butter crust. For boiled puddings. 1213. Ingredients. To every pound of flour allow six ounces of butter, one half pint of water. Mode. With a knife, work the flour to a smooth paste with one half pint of water. Roll the crust out rather thin. Place the butter over it in small pieces. Dredge lightly over it some flour and fold the paste over. Repeat the rolling once more and the crust will be ready for use. It may be enriched by adding another two ounces of butter, but for ordinary purposes, the above quantity will be found quite sufficient. Average cost, six pence per pound. Dripping crust, for kitchen puddings, pies, etc. 1214. Ingredients. To every pound of flour, allow six ounces of clarified beef dripping, one half pint of water. Mode. After having clarified the dripping, by either of the recipes number 621 or 622, weigh it 
and to every pound of flour allow the above proportion of dripping. With a knife, work the flour into a smooth paste with the water, rolling it out three times, each time placing on the crust two ounces of the dripping, broken into small pieces. If this paste is lightly made, if good dripping is used, and not too much of it, it will be found good, and by the addition of two tablespoonfuls of fine moist sugar, it may be converted into a common short crust for fruit pies. Average cost, four pence per pound. Water, what the ancients thought of it. All the nations of antiquity possessed great veneration for water. Thus the Egyptians offered prayers and homage to water, and the Nile was an especial object of their adoration. The Persians would not wash their hands. The Scythians honored the Danube. The Greeks and Romans erected altars to the fountains and rivers, and some of the architectural embellishments executed for fountains in Greece were remarkable for their beauty and delicacy. The purity of the water was a great object of the care of the ancients, and we learn that the Athenians appointed four officers to keep watch and ward over the water in their city. These men had to keep the fountains in order and clean the reservoirs, so that the water might be preserved pure and limpid, like officers were appointed in other Greek cities. Suet crust for pies or puddings. 1215. Ingredients. To every pound of flour allow five or six ounces of beef suet, one half pint of water. Mode. Free the suet from skin and shreds. Chop it extremely fine and rub it well into the flour. Work the whole to a smooth paste with the above proportion of water. Roll it out and it is ready for use. This crust is quite rich enough for ordinary purposes but when a better one is desired, use from one-half to three-fourths pound of suet to every pound of flour. Some cooks for rich crusts pound the suet in a mortar with a small quantity of butter. It should then be laid on the paste in small pieces, the same as for puff crust, and will be found exceedingly nice for hot tarts. Five ounces of suet to every pound of flour will make a very good crust, and even one-fourth pound will answer very well for children, or where the crust is wanted very plain. Average cost, 5 pence per pound. Pâté brisé, or French crust for raised pies. 12.16. Ingredients. To every pound of flour, allow one-half salt spoonful of salt, two eggs, one-third pint of water, six ounces of butter. Mode. Spread the flour, which should be sifted and thoroughly dry, on the pasteboard. Make a hole in the center, into which put the butter, Work it lightly into the flour, and when quite fine, add the salt. Work the whole into a smooth paste with the eggs, yolks and whites, and water, and make it very firm. Knead the paste well, and let it be rather stiff, that the sides of the pie may be easily raised, and that they do not afterwards tumble or shrink. Average cost, one shilling per pound. Note, this paste may be very much enriched by making it with equal quantities of flour and butter but then it is not so easily raised as when made plainer. Water supply in Rome. Nothing in Italy is more extraordinary than the remains of the ancient aqueducts. At first, the Romans were contented with the water from the Tiber. Ancus Martius was the first to commence the building of aqueducts destined to convey the water of the fountain of Peconia from Tiber to Rome, a distance of some 33,000 paces. Appius Claudius continued the good work, and to him is due the completion of the celebrated Appian Way. In time, the gigantic waterways greatly multiplied, and by the reign of Nero, there were constructed nine principal aqueducts, 
the pipes of which were of bricks, baked tiles, stone, lead, or wood. According to the calculation of Vigenerus, half a million hogsheads of water were conveyed into Rome every day, by upwards of ten thousand small pipes not one-third of an inch in diameter. The water was received in large closed basins, above which rose splendid monuments. These basins supplied other subterranean conduits, connected with various quarters of the city, and these conveyed water to small reservoirs furnished with taps for the exclusive use of certain streets. The water which was not drinkable ran out, by means of large pipes, into extensive enclosures where it served to water cattle. At these places the people wished their linen, and here too was a supply of the necessary element in case of fire. Common Crust for Raised Pies 1217 Ingredients To every pound of flour allow one-half pint of water, one and one-half ounce of butter, one and one-half ounce of lard, one-half saltspoonful of salt. Mode. Put into a saucepan the water. When it boils, add the butter and lard, and when these are melted, make a hole in the middle of the flour. Pour in the water gradually, beat it well with a wooden spoon, and be particular in not making the paste too soft. When it is well mixed, knead it with the hands until quite stiff, dredging a little flour over the paste and board to prevent them from sticking. When it is well kneaded, place it before the fire with a cloth covered over it for a few minutes. It will then be more easily worked into shape. This paste does not taste so nicely as the preceding one, but is worked with greater facility and answers just as well for raised pies, for the crust is seldom eaten. Average cost, 5 pence per pound. Lard or fled crust, 1218 ingredients. To every pound of flour, allow one half pound of lard or fled, one half pint of water, one half salt spoonful of salt. Mode. Clear the fled free from skin and slice it into thin flakes. Rub it into the flour, add the salt, and work the whole into a smooth paste with the above proportion of water. Fold the paste over two or three times, beat it well with a rolling pin, roll it out, and it will be ready for use. The crust made from this will be found extremely light and may be made into cakes or tarts. It may also be very much enriched by adding more fled to the same proportion of flour. Average cost, 8 pence per pound. Nutritious Qualities of Flour The gluten of grain and the albumen of vegetable juices are identical in composition with the albumen of blood. Vegetable casein has also the composition of animal casein. The finest wheat flour contains more starch than the coarser. The bran of wheat is proportionately richer in gluten. Rye and rye bread contain a substance resembling starch gum, or dextrine as it is called, in its properties, which is very easily converted into sugar. The starch of barley approaches in many properties to cellulose, and is therefore less digestible. Oats are particularly rich in plastic substances. Scotch oats are richer than those grown in England or in Germany. This kind of grain contains in its ashes, after deduction of the silica of the husks, very nearly the same ingredients as are found in the ashes of the juice of flesh. Fine American flour is one of the varieties which is richest in gluten and is consequently one of the most nutritious. Almond Cheesecakes 1219 Ingredients 1 fourth pound of sweet almonds, 4 bitter ones, 3 eggs, 2 ounces of butter, the rind of 1 fourth lemon, 1 tablespoonful of lemon juice, 3 ounces of sugar. Mode 
Blanch and pound the almonds smoothly in a mortar, with a little rose or spring water. Stir in the eggs, which should be well beaten, and the butter, which should be warmed. Add the grated lemon peel and juice, sweeten, and stir well until the whole is thoroughly mixed. Line some patty pans with puff paste. Put it in the mixture and bake for 20 minutes or rather less in a quick oven. Time, 20 minutes or rather less. Average cost, 10 pence. Sufficient for about 12 cheesecakes. Seasonable at any time. Almonds. Almonds are the fruit of the Amygdalus cuminus and are cultivated throughout the whole of the south of Europe, Syria, Persia, and northern Africa. But England is mostly supplied with those which are grown in Spain and the south of France. They are distinguished into sweet and bitter, the produce of different varieties. Of the sweet, there are two varieties, distinguished in commerce by the names of Jordan and Valencia almonds. The former are imported from Malaga, and are longer, narrower, more pointed, and more highly esteemed than the latter, which are imported from Valencia. Bitter almonds are principally obtained from Morocco, and are exported from Mogador. Almond paste for second course dishes. 1220. Ingredients. One pound of sweet almonds, six bitter ones, one pound of very finely sifted sugar, the whites of two eggs. Mode. Blanch the almonds and dry them thoroughly. Put them into a mortar and pound them well, wetting them gradually with the whites of two eggs. When well pounded, put them into a small preserving pan, add the sugar, and place the pan on a small but clear fire. A hot plate is better. Keep stirring until the paste is dry, then take it out of the pan, put it between two dishes, and when cold, make it into any shape that fancy may dictate. Time, one half hour. Average cost, two shillings for the above quantity. Sufficient for three small dishes of pastry. Seasonable at any time. Bitter almonds. The bitter almond is a variety of the common almond and is injurious to animal life on account of the great quantity of hydrocyanic acid it contains and is consequently seldom used in domestic economy unless it be to give flavor to confectionery and even then it should be used with great caution a single drop of the essential oil of bitter almonds is sufficient to destroy a bird and four drops have caused the death of a middle-sized dog baked almond pudding very rich. 1221. Ingredients. One-fourth pound of almonds, four bitter ditto, one glass of sherry, four eggs, the rind and juice of one-half lemon, three ounces of butter, one pint of cream, two tablespoonfuls of sugar. Mode. Blanch and pound the almonds to a smooth paste with the water. Mix these with the butter, which should be melted. Beat up the eggs, grate the lemon rind, and strain the juice. Add these, with the cream, sugar, and wine, to the other ingredients, and stir them well together. When well mixed, put it into a pie dish lined with puff paste, and bake for one half hour. Time, one half hour. Average cost, two shillings, three pence. Sufficient for four or five persons. Seasonable at any time. Note, to make this pudding more economically, substitute milk for the cream, but then add rather more than one ounce of finely grated bread. Uses of the Sweet Almond The kernels of the sweet almond are used either in a green or ripe state, and as an article in the dessert. Into cookery, confectionery, perfumery, and medicine, they largely enter, and in domestic economy, should always be used in preference to bitter almonds. 
The reason for advising this is because the kernels do not contain any hydrocyanic or prussic acid, although it is found in the leaves, flowers, and bark of the tree. When young and green, they are preserved in sugar, like green apricots. They furnish the almond oil, and the farinaceous matter, which is left after the oil is expressed, forms the pâté de mans of perfumers. In the arts, the oil is employed for the same purposes as the olive oil, and forms the basis of calidor, macassar oil, gowlin's lotion, and many other articles of that kind vended by perfumers. In medicine, it is considered a nutritive, laxative, and an emollient. Small Almond Pudding 1222 Ingredients One half pound of sweet almonds, six bitter ones, one fourth pound of butter, four eggs, two tablespoonfuls of sifted sugar, two tablespoonfuls of cream, one tablespoonful of brandy. Mode Blanch and pound the almonds to a smooth paste with a spoonful of water. Warm the butter, mix the almonds with this, and add the other ingredients, leaving out the whites of two eggs, and be particular that these are well beaten. Mix well, butter some cups, half fill them, and bake the puddings from 20 minutes to one half hour. Turn them out on a dish and serve with sweet sauce. Time, 20 minutes to one half hour. Average cost, one shilling. Sufficient for four or five persons. Seasonable at any time. The husks of almonds. In the environs of Alicante, the husks of almonds are ground to a powder and enter into the composition of common soap, the large quantity of alkaline principle they contain rendering them suitable for this purpose. It is said that in some parts of the south of France, where they are extensively grown, horses and mules are fed on the green and dry husks, but to prevent any evil consequences arising from this practice, they are mixed with chopped straw or oats. Almond Puffs 1223 Ingredients 2 tablespoonfuls of flour, 2 ounces of butter, 2 ounces of pounded sugar, 2 ounces of sweet almonds, 4 bitter almonds. Mode Blanch and pound the almonds in a mortar to a smooth paste. Melt the butter, dredge in the flour, and add the sugar and pounded almonds. Beat the mixture well, and put it into cups or very tiny jelly pots, which should be well buttered, and bake in a moderate oven for about 20 minutes, or longer should the puffs be large. Turn them out on a dish, the bottom of the puff uppermost, and serve. Time, 20 minutes. Average cost, 6 pence. Sufficient for 2 or 3 persons. Seasonable at any time. Aunt Nellie's Pudding, 1224. Ingredients. 1 half pound of flour, 1 half pound of treacle, 1 half pound of suet, the rind and juice of one lemon, a few strips of candied lemon peel, three tablespoons of cream, two eggs. Mode. Chop the suet finely, mix with it the flour, treacle, lemon peel minced, and candied lemon peel. Add the cream, lemon juice, and two well-beaten eggs. Beat the pudding well, put it into a buttered basin, tie it down with a cloth, and boil from three and one-half to four hours. Time, three and one-half to four hours. Average cost, one shilling, two pence. Sufficient for five or six persons. Seasonable at any time, but more suitable for a winter pudding. Treacle or molasses. Treacle is the uncrystallizable part of the saccharine juice drained from the muscovado sugar, and is either naturally so or rendered uncrystallizable through some defect in the process of boiling. As it contains a large quantity of sweet or saccharine principle and is cheap, it is of great use as an article of domestic economy. 
Children are especially fond of it, and it is accounted wholesome. It is also useful for making beer, rum, and the very dark syrups. Baked Apple Dumplings, a plain family dish. 1225. Ingredients. 6 apples, 3 fourth pound of suet crust number 1215, sugar to taste. Mode. Pare and take out the cores of the apples without dividing them, and make one half pound of suet crust by recipe number 1215. Roll the apples on the crust, previously sweetening them with moist sugar and taking care to join the paste nicely. When they are formed into round balls, put them on a tin and bake them for about one half hour or longer should the apples be very large. Arrange them pyramidically on a dish and sift over them some pounded white sugar. These may be made richer by using one of the puff paste instead of suet. Time from one half to three fourths hour or longer. Average cost one to one and a half pence each. Sufficient for four persons. Seasonable from August to March, but flavorless after the end of January. Uses of the apple. It is well known that this fruit forms a very important article of food in the form of pies and puddings and furnishes several delicacies such as sauces, marmalades and jellies and is much esteemed as a dessert fruit. When flattened in the form of round cakes and baked in ovens they are called beefings and large quantities are annually dried in the sun in America as well as in Normandy and stored for use during winter when they may be stewed or made into pies. In a roasted state they are remarkably wholesome and it is said strengthening to a weak stomach. In putrid and malignant fevers, when used with the juice of lemons and currants, they are considered highly efficacious. Apple Cheesecakes 1226 Ingredients 1 half pound of apple pulp 1 fourth pound of sifted sugar 1 fourth pound of butter 4 eggs The rind and juice of 1 lemon Mode Pare, core, and boil sufficient apples to make 1 half pound when cooked. Add to these the sugar, the butter, which should be melted, the eggs, leaving out two of the whites, and take grated rind and juice of one lemon. Stir the mixture well, line some patty pans with puff paste, put in the mixture and bake about 20 minutes. Time, about 20 minutes. Average cost for the above quantity with the paste, one shilling, two pence. Sufficient for about 18 or 20 cheesecakes. Seasonable from August to March. The apple. The most useful of all the British fruits is the apple, which is a native of Britain and may be found in woods and hedges in the form of the common wild crab, of which all our best apples are merely seminal varieties, produced by culture or particular circumstances. In most temperate climates it is very extensively cultivated, and in England, both as regards variety and quantity, it is excellent and abundant. Immense supplies are also imported from the United States and from France. The apples grown in the vicinity of New York are universally admitted to be the finest of any, but unless selected and packed with great care, they are apt to spoil before reaching England. Boiled Apple Dumplings, 1227. Ingredients. 6 apples, 3 fourth pound of suet crust number 1215, sugar to taste. Mode. Pare and take out the cores of the apples without dividing them. Sweeten and roll each apple in the piece of crust made by recipe number 1211. Be particular that the paste is nicely joined, put the dumplings into floured cloths, tie them securely, and put them into boiling water. Keep them boiling from one-half to three-fourths hour. Remove the cloths and send them hot and quickly to table. 
Dumplings boiled in knitted cloths have a very pretty appearance when they come to table. The cloths should be made square, just large enough to hold one dumpling, and should be knitted in plain knitting with very coarse cotton. Time, three-fourths to one hour or longer should the dumplings be very large. Average cost, eleven at two pence each. Sufficient for four persons. Seasonable from August to March, but flavorless after the end of January. Lamb's Wool or Lamasool this old English beverage is composed of apples mixed with ale, and seasoned with sugar and spice. It takes its name from Lamis Abal, which in ancient British signifies the day of apple fruit, from being drunk on the apple feast in autumn. In France, a beverage called by the Parisians raisinet is made by boiling any given quantity of new wine, skimming it as often as fresh scum rises, and, when it is boiled to half its bulk, straining it. To this, apples, pared and cut into quarters, are added. The whole is then allowed to simmer gently, stirring it all the time with a long wooden spoon, till the apples are thoroughly mixed with the liquor, and the whole forms a species of marmalade, which is extremely agreeable to the taste, having a slight flavor of acidity, like lemon mixed with honey. End of section 59 Recording by Leanne Howlett